that we very often read Parshish Tzav as we do this year before Pesach. And there's a reason for that, because many, many of the dinim that in a gift had a kosher a home is mentioned in Parshish Tzav. So the Hashkach HaPratis that went before Pesach, we talk about it in the Parsha, how to kosher our kevim and our homes is in the Parsha. And the Pasuk says this week in the Parsha, we had this in the Gemara beginning in the morning also in Sefer Zvachim. The Pasuk reads, of course it's talking about in the times of the Beis Amilus, when they made different Kabbanas, when they had to cook it in different types of kaling, the Torah says, in this week's parsha, it mentions in Klicheres, that you're cooking inside of Klicheres, that the concern for Neisar exists. Oh, now, now it's official. <laughs> In, in the basin makers, the concern was for nicer. The, the kalim that you cooked inside, many karbanas were only able to be eaten that night, not beyond for the next morning. The concern for nicer, and as such, Kriteris, says the Torah, cannot be repaired. And the only way to take care of it is to make sure that you don't use it again because you have baked into the walls of the earth. Kriteris is an earthenware vessel. You have baked into the walls of the earthenware vessel, you have Korbanis, the, the, the taste of a carbon, which is not supposed to last more through the night. And if you do so, it's an insert of noiser to eat that, Shalom. Therefore, what are you going to do with earthenware vessels? So the Torah says, this is partial, we read, Yishav, you have to break the Kriteris. You don't, can't use it again. But the Pasuk continues, the in between the Chayshis, Rishalom, but in case you're cooking in a metal utensil, not an earthenware utensil, then Umayrak Veshutach Then you can purge it and rinse it with water. So metallic utensils can be taken care of. So a concern, again, as we said before, why we, what do we have to clean out? We have to clean out the concern of noise on the base and makers. Al-Kicheres, the Gemara says, that which is absorbed into the walls of the earthenware vessel will not leave the walls, if we have to break it. The truth is, we learn in the Gemara, actually, that the truth is, you could actually heat it up inside to a proper temperature, you might Kicheres, and you could actually pressure it. Instead of really, really hot, instead of putting it to something like a kiln, to shine us. But the reason they didn't allow that in the base of Mikdash, and they said break it, is because the base of Mikdash says they didn't build Kishonis in Yerushalayim. They didn't want to have kilns in Jerusalem because of the smoke that comes down the base of Mikdash, the dirt of the walls, and so forth and so on. Reiches, whatever it might be, therefore they didn't do that. But really could do that. So then why can't we do that at home as well? Because the truth of the matter is, in a kiln it may be okay with klicheres, but on Pesach we say not. And we don't even boil it up inside by putting coal inside klicheres, because the concern the Gemara says is, by klicheres, you have to put it in the really, really hot, chances are it might break, people bring it up to the proper temperature of heat, and therefore will not do it, so that Rabbi's made a you cannot kosher klicheres. There's no question, for Pesach we cannot do that. For all you want, if you have a very expensive earthenware utensil, you've you, you, you got an inheritance from a great bubby, a great aunt, and she has things, you have to kosher it, so you could find a kiln, take it to a kiln, and warm it up and fire it up in a kiln, that could be kosher. That's something for the whole year round, whereby Klicheris 
Some people say it could take us to a kiln, but not on Pesach, for sure not, it doesn't work, we don't, we, 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 so Krishna has to die. If you could, not, but not for Pesach, though. The year-round is, the, the, the round, speak to your local Orthodox rabbi, the year-round, some people say it's okay, but in kiln. The concern here is the fact that the Isser, Times of the basin make this was an issue of you have a carbon in there, it's going to come into a carbon mix up with Islam and so forth and so on, and different halachas and laysar. But now we're talking about Pesach, the issue is we have to clean up a chametzik akeli. And the truth of the matter is, of course, many people today will live in an affluent society, we just buy new dishes. But we need to know the fact that the Torah tells us you can do this. Now in the basin make they could have had new dishes as well. Everything in the temple represented something of Ashira's affluence as well, but after the Torah says no, kashrit. Even though the, the shulit to the so people shouldn't think that kashrit via hagala is a bidiyevet. It's lechatila. It's the Torah. This is this is how you can take care of this. Sure, maybe you can say I won't do it well enough, so I can give it by uh, the kalim, and that's fine. It's beautiful as well. But one who doesn't do that and the talker wants the kashrit kalim, this is lechatila dekedin, not a bidiyevet dekedin. The issue of how to kasher it is, the, 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 I guess the operative term is, the way that the item accepted, absorbed the problem, we're talking about the problem of chametz over here, the same that it absorbed, that's how it can extract and free itself from the problematic item. So therefore, klimatis, metallic items uh, made out of some kind of metal or copper, Parsha says, whatever it might be. So it's cooking, Cooking on a fire, so kafpolto. You can only be kashit as well by boiling up something of it on a fire as well. It absorbed it while cooking on a fire. The chametz got into the walls of this metallic item through a fire, through heat. Kafpolto. That's how you have to free yourself from that as well. Kafpolto. So therefore, metallic pots, um, stainless steel, wood, they can all be kashit. Silverware, utensils, ladles, they can all be kashit. Kabola kafpolto. Yeah, you can kashit as well. Kabola kafpolto. All right? Very, very careful. The Torah says that you have to make sure, of course, that there's no rust on it, especially on the inside of it. Because the Torah says, Ach is, it's another part in the, in the, in the, in the Parshas Matis. Ach is Hazor. Ach is a miut, but the, only the gold can be kashed, that metal, but Ach is a miut. It means make sure there's nothing there but the metal itself, no rust. And you have to clean off the rust really well. If you can't clean off the rust, you can't kash it. You have to actually put a lever and put, put fire. Uh, direct fire onto the rust to clean out the area where the rust is because it, it'll, it'll absorb some of the areas around it. It won't be able to probably clean it. So, so these are these are the items of kashering. So before you go ahead and go through the process of kashering, we're trying to discuss the process, the best process and procedures based upon Shulchan tells us, especially the outfit of the Shulchan The first thing you have to make sure is that it's cleaned really, really well. The cabling itself is cleaned well. Silverware, whatever it might be that you're doing, that you're kashering, Clean wheel well. By the way, the uh, the Alter talks a lot about kashering knives, but he concludes by saying it's probably best not to kasher knives. So knives, find the knives. Don't kasher your knives. Um, so clean it really well. There should be nothing be'en. No chabit. That's not much there on the kelim. You can see that you're going to try to kasher through the hagol. That, that doesn't. That's only going to help you through the tambalua 
the taste that is absorbed into the walls of the keli, there's not much chametz over there. Get rid of all that. The second item that's very important to know is that when we talk about kashering keli, you have to make sure that it's not a ben yoyimli. That it has not been used for 20 minutes. That's critical. We'll soon discuss why. It has not been used for the last 24 hours. And that's going to help the entire process. That's for and what? That's for no, only for Hagala. Because what happened with, with, with Libun, you're destroying it in the battle of the Chomets. You're not only really destroying it. As much as by Libun, you're destroying it. So Libun does not require, a Libun Gomer does not require a waiting 24 hours. Hagala does require 24 hours, but not to use the KU, not to use the vessel for 24 hours. It should not be used. We'll talk about this in just why. Make sure that you see, and you, so you put, you put the items into the, into the keli that you're going to boil over, and then while it's in, first make sure that it's boiling first. It's boiling first, and then you drop the keli into it. Don't put it in while it's there where the water's just starting to warm up a little bit. The keli's are the things you want to catch are in there already. You boil it first, and you put it in when it's already boiling. When the water boils over, then, and only then, you put in the utensils. Be very careful with some of the pot you're trying to kosher into the bigger pot that you're Kayla, that you're koshering with, the handles. Make sure that the handles are properly clean. That can be very difficult to do. The handles, sometimes you may have to unscrew the handle, clean it really well, and see that it's not clean. And there's no chametz bent over there, and then you can go ahead and kosher that as well by putting it into the into the hot into the hot water as well. But make sure the Kayla handles are, are as well cleaned over properly as well. But again, as I said before, make sure the water's first boiling, and then only then put in the Kayla into it. Um, and, and of course, some people said that in case you take the water, the water off the fire, there's still a klivisham, it's still boiling, it's okay, but the best thing now that ever says is, well, keep it on the fire as you're going through the process of kashering. <coughs> keep it on the fire, be very careful, have strong, good, sturdy gloves and whatever you need around the house to make sure that you're in a safe position. The reason that we say that try, you have to make sure that it's not been used for 24 hours, the keli that you're going to kashering, not for 24 hours, because when not used for 24 hours, what happens is the tam that's below it in the keli, the absorbed taste that's in there, is nice and tam of kam. It's already it's an impaired taste, and therefore it doesn't have the strength to make something else problematic to its degree of problem as well. And again, another thing, make sure you do this before Pesach. There's a constant time to kasher on Pesach, so we can talk about that later maybe, in case people follow us on this keli one. That you don't need to kasher on Pesach. The best thing to do this before Pesach, and there's a reason for that as well. So there's two things happening over here simultaneously. A, it's more than 24 hours hasn't been used, so it's nice and tam lip gam. Whatever taste that you're giving over into it is an impure taste. And B, at the time you're kashering it, chametz is not osir. It's heterabola. This is a kosher kelim. You use this all year round. It's, in more, it's absorbing a kosher taste of chametz, which is not a problem the day before Pesach. A few days before Pesach, it's not a problem. Okay? So here we have the following things coming together when a few days before Pesach, and you have a mission town of Gam, it's not a Ben Yomo. So you have over here, first of all, in the walls of this Chametzik Kaila utensil, you have a heter that's Bala. It absorbs something that's kosher, it's Chametz, it's okay. And maybe it's Tampogam, it's not 24 hours coming there together as well. So what happens is you start boiling this together, so you have, first of all, it's giving off the taste that, as you purge it now, you put the hot water on, it's boiling. So the taste is coming out of the wall. What taste is coming out of the wall? A tam of heter. Because it's pogum, and it's not a bin, and because it's not a binyomo, and it's chomet, that, that's, which at this point is called heterabala. If you have that, so then later, when the water goes back into the vessels, as you're boiling it and so forth, it's nice and tam of a heter as well. 
It's called not by not lehetera. Nesim tam by nesim tam lehetera. There's nothing here that's problematic. We don't have to come on to the concept of having enough water to be mavatal, 60 to 1 ratio. You don't have to come on to that. Nathalie doesn't seem to go in that direction wanting the 60 to 1 ratio because you have to have so much water. Because when you're talking 60 ratio of all the chametz and all the, you have to include in the ratio all the walls as well. Uh, to get enough water to mavatal, all that is kind of difficult and I'm not sure you can get that. So we're not going to a 60 to 1 ratio here. We're going to push it not by not with the It's again not a binyamai. It's tamlukkan, and therefore you're boiling it, so therefore it's coming back into the vessel. It's not much, it's going to be his heter, so it's not a problem. In case you have a keli that for some reason you can't do the Haggala on, you don't want to do the Haggala, you're concerned about it, you could do a liban kal. Liban kal means that you tap it, put fire to it directly, not to the point that it glows. That's called liban chamor, or liban gomor is red hot. We'll talk about that when we get to the oven. But when we talk about a kekela that you can't properly wash when you do for hagala, you can do a leap and cow, which means you can put a torch to it as well. You don't have to wait it gets red hot, as long as the outside of that keli is hot to the touch, to the point that if you put a tissue there, it would like get brown and burn a little bit. That's, that's called leap and cow. And that would be sufficient for, sufficient for some kids. If you want to do it that way, uh, you can do that as well. In case that's you want a kasher or keli after the fifth hour, every Pesach, it's best to do it that way, not to do the Haggala process, but do the Liban Kal on the keli, so that from the inside you put the fire, on the outside, not glowing red hot, you don't need that much for this type of thing, so it's good enough to have as long as it's, the, your hand would recoil, Yatsil and this way, but the tish would, tish would get brown. So the and oven, is it even... We'll talk about that in a moment, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. We're talking about keli utensils and Haggala. We'll get to the oven just in a moment. Make sure, of well, course... Thing, you put, do you put a keli utensils? Huh? You put Kaylee into the suffering oven. We'll talk about it. You don't have to. No point. You don't have to. No. It got, it got problematic through cooking. Got to get out through the cooking process as well. Um, make sure all these utensils we're talking about, Kashmir through Hagola, there's no cracks on the Kaylee, no crevices, no holes in them, whereby things could stick around that you can't see very well. Make sure it's a perfect Kaylee. It's smooth to the touch, and that, 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 that can be concerned. Um, and remember also, the Torah says, that after you kosher it, you have to then take those candles that you just kosher and you have to rinse them as well. You have to rinse them after you finish koshering them. Uh, make sure that if you put them into the keli, that they don't touch each other, blocking the possibility of getting boiled up every part of it. So be careful that they go in in a way that each part is going to be koshered on its own without being covered by another, another keli as well. Don't, sorry? Yeah. Practical tip. Yeah. You're doing glass. I'm talking about glass in a second also. Oh, okay. I'm talking about glass. Yeah. If you're doing glass and you're splashing water on it afterwards, be very some of them have a baliyah mo'etes, and some have a baliyah, uh, have, have a stronger, a stronger, a stronger baliyahs. What I mean is the following. Certain things that were baliyah, they absorb some kind of chametz into them, but just a little bit of them. For example, a spoon, eating a bowl of cereal. This is an example. Uh, let's say it was hot, but as well, even if it was cold, you want a kasher for Pesach as well. That doesn't take long, once it's in the hot water, for the chametz to become pilate, to, to leave, to be extracted from the, uh, from the keli. It takes a little bit because it wasn't that much there. 
Other kind you're going to have at home, however, are going to are folia marubas. Have a lot of absorption. Something you cook mamish on the fire for a long time, and it's mamish, mamish more problematic than the spoon you have. So Altarebbe says very carefully. He says, make sure that you don't put them into the into the hot water at the same time, because the ones that are ready that you kasha earlier, the spoons that kasha quickly, are still in there, and now the take was poilate from the chumash that it had. But guess what? Once it stops poilate, it cannot be balea. It'll belayer the things coming out of the other pots that are stronger, uh, that have more than them, and start swallowing them. As long as it's being poilate, it won't be belayer. Which means, as long as someone's talking, he can't hear you. <laughs> he can't be belayer if he's poilate. If there's something coming out, nothing's going to come in. So, but, but this thing that has only belayer, there's a little bit of an absorption in there, and if it, the spoon finishes really quickly, and then, now you put other things in there at the same time as those spoons are in another pot or something else, that's still working and bubbling to get it out. The other one is stopping polate, is going to stop being at the chametz of the other keli. Therefore, he says carefully, be make sure that you don't put something that has a bleomatis, a small absorption in there, a, a relatively small level of absorption, to give us something that has a much deeper absorption. Two things separately, make sure you pop. And be very careful also, some spoons have a bleomaruba, spoon that you use to stir the pot. Make sure that you stir in the pot. That's mamash, mamash on the cleavation, it's not mamash on the fire itself, it's mamash of cleavation on the fire. That's a Bliyam Maruba. It has a lot of absorption in there. So be very careful. If you can have spoons, make sure you know which spoon is for which and what you're using for so that they don't go, they go, in, they go in the right place. Another thing Shulchan Aruch talks about is to be careful not to... Uh, let's say that you have a big keli and I can't get into my, my big pot that I'm kashering these things with all at the same time. Salta Rebbe Sveriki has a whole... Lugar Rifa, so he talks about the fact to be careful not to just put a little bit in on one side and then go to the other side, just rotating it simply in a way, the part that I already kashered and then another part that I didn't kasher yet, because very ch- chances are what's going to happen is you'll put back in the part that you kashered already, and now that it's not being pulled in and think that it did it already before, it's going to be bolea, the things that are coming in from the rest that you're kashering in the, in the, in the pot. So you can be very, very careful. What he suggests, the Altarebbe says is, you be very precise and do half a keli at a time. This half I did, to the, turn around to another half, or a third at a time. But precise, don't just keep on rotating it, because the part that got kashered once, we put back into the hot water, and now that it's not being pilot anymore, it'll be balea. It'll start swallowing the things that's coming out of the other camp that are being kashered. Not that I was very careful, to be very careful as you Question. do that. Yeah. Um, if you're doing something like that, it's having a starting point, like, if you start by the handle, let's say, and you just rotate until you get back to that and then you pull it out. He doesn't, Does that he, take care of that problem? He, he, say, he, says, he says that half or a third. Do it, do it, do it. Be precise, precisely do it, okay. half of the time, a third of the time. As you it's know, not but, just about where you start. But it's, it's, it seems he doesn't like the rotation idea a little bit here because it's hard to be very precise that way because do I do that part, do I do that part. If you know this is the halfway point, the third point, you be more careful. And that's what it seems to, it seems to imply. Once you Yeah, make sure, it's, make sure it's boiling. But so then you the do something else in it. It's not pulling back in what came out. Right, the next thing... Yeah, that... Water. No, not, now it's going to become... Pull it, what it, what it has. Oh, okay. And you put it back in. But this thing will, will, will all of a sudden... Which, which already was pull it, will now stop being bolea because it already got the chametz out. All it's going to get now is bolea. The other, the other part of the part that wasn't pulled yet will start now being pulled as you put it into the hot water. When it was pulled already, it will be bolea now instead of being pulled. It's not so absorbing. What? Is it possible to leave it in too long? He said, "Don't leave it in too long." He does say that. Be careful not to. He he, he said at times you should be very careful. He, then he, then he said, kind of says there's no specific time for that, 
But he does clearly say that Leila Hasha is not to leave it there for a long time. Put it in and then get it out and rinse it out. Does a kashmir pot then become kamasik or straight because you have to stuff in and out? Because of, is it in Balea? Well, you, it's, it's, it's boiling itself also. But if, if the pot you put in can be both Balea, right. why can the pot you're putting in too become Balea? Yeah, so, so therefore he says also, Shulchanara says, what you do is you want to use this pot later for Pesach, whatever, and all this other kamasik stuff in there, we pull it into it. So you keep it boiling over when you're finished, right? Yeah. First thing he said, you change the water. He says, change the water. And then we boil it. And then, or even if you don't know, you don't have to change the water. Just just throw, he says, throw in a, heart, a hot stone, a red hot stone into it to flip the water over to the guys you at the end when you finish with it. Now with your hand, though. Now with your hand. A hot stone. Throw it in. Now with your hand. Well, I'm not saying put it in. I said throw it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, a pot can do that. Sure, it could do that. Yeah, but this, 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 yes, you could absolutely by throwing something hot stone into what? Yeah, just as long as the water flows over. So that you have to. Oh, that's true. You have to care with the hands. You may have to do a little bit on the handle if you don't want to put it into something else. Correct. You're correct about that. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to tell other things. Yeah, you don't have to change the water. You don't have to change the water. The water you have there is okay. Just throw a glowing hot stone into the pot. What Not if you your hands. What? Okay, so then Yaakov Stein has a, 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 he does have one on the handle. So he's got a stone that you can boil up to a red hot. And you need to get something like that. Or get a stone and, and, and you know, have a stone. He has it. He has it. Use a stone. Use a stone. You, 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 can get, you can get a stone. You can get a red hot stone. You can get that. Okay? All right? And the Alter Rebbe says, the other opinions talk about not having to be so machmer. The Alter Rebbe says, the Psakaloch, he says clearly, he holds to be machmer all the above, which means to be very careful not to put different vessels in that have different levels of absorptions at the same time. Be very careful not to do it at the same time. He says, be careful not to be, do Hagol on the same thing twice, because it does because it come back in the second time, it was machmer once, so it's going to be Belea the second time. And he says also, um, uh, yeah, as we said before, and he says uh, he shouldn't. He doesn't say a specific zman, but he does say not to keep the kalim inside the pot too long, because then it becomes problematic. At a certain point, it can stop being polish and stop being balea. So move quickly with a certain level of alacrity. What was too long mean to you? What? A couple minutes. As long as it's boiling, a couple minutes. Yeah, a few minutes for sure, not more than that. Yeah. All right. That works very well for pots and pans and metallic items and stuff like that. But there's something else that, that doesn't fit into a pot that I can't just do half at a time or a third of the time, but I, but I also got chametzik by, by, by hot water as well. For example, my, uh, my sink. I have really hot water coming off the faucet and I'm cleaning it and chametz is there as well. How do I kosher the sink? I can't put it into a pot and be kabel the I got to do something hot there as well. So here we have irikliyishan. That's the term that we use. You've got to get a hot pot of water, kettle, really hot water, and then you pour that onto the sink area. Make sure it's really clean. Nothing in there at all. Be very careful. Nothing, nothing's here at all. And here you have to use an evin maluban. 
for the sink as well. A a, a, a glowing stone, Yaakov Stein stone. Or, or you could use an iron. You could get an iron, put up to the hottest, and be very careful. It's got the handle on it. And after you pour the water over, take the hot iron that you have and put it over to make sure they cover all the parts of your sink as well and your faucet. Just those around those the corners. Getting a flat iron around the corners is difficult. It's a metal sink. What? You could also leave them on a cow. Leave them on a cow? If you won't damage it. So those corners, you can definitely leave them on a cow. If you can't get to a corner, you should, you should put a little torch to that part as well. Correct. If your faucet is not fully metal, though, you can't do that. Like some faucets. You may destroy like, it because you'll destroy it. What? Because you'll destroy it. If it's like part plastic or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And as far as, as far as the and as far as the area where the water comes out of, you have to put some kind of a cheesecloth on to catch as much as you can there. And then they sell this cheesecloth that you cover over so that the food that you're going to be using for face up will not touch the actual faucet itself. Because the cheesecloth that protects that, filters that process. And even after you do all of that, make sure because in case you didn't do it 100% properly, use a sink instead. Don't put your food straight into the sink. Use some kind of an insert there as well. You get to buy this plastic tub, put a hole in the middle. There's still a thing that wherever they sell those. And use that, even though your car ship, unless it didn't go perfectly, got to be concerned. So you have to then, you should have, in addition to the fact that you did the e reshine, was adding the Luban, poured straight from hot water onto the thing, which is how it became common, the Kabbalah Kampoto. And then you've done Evan Luban, it's good, it's good, but still we use a sink insert as well. So pouring hot water Parts is not good enough. It, 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 we're not going to put even a sink in case there's a part that didn't get 100 properly hot enough. Another thing, make sure that as you, as, you, as, you, as you pour the water from your clean mission, make sure you don't stop the, don't stop the, uh, the flow. Don't stop a little bit, a little bit. Keep, keep, it, keep the flow going. And then the other hand, if someone can help you, it's going to be an arm or your stone. Now, there's a water. People, we, we used to, we used to, even, even after that, as it turns out, it's your question. Our main thing is to use an insert. Even after that, we still put an insert into the sink. Also. No, just, I wish the next stop. Yeah. The, the important part of the cleavage is the kettle, whatever it is. That's the cleavage, from now, the fire. Do you pour it onto the stone and splash it onto the sink? Or put the water in the stone and put the stone onto the sink? Put the water first, the stone secondly on top of it. So you, 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 you put the water? Pour the water first, on. and then the clear. Then, 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 then the stone on top of the water? Yeah. Not the water to the stone, the stone is splashing. Actually, yeah, that, that, that is the best thing to do. Is, is, is the best thing to do? Yeah, as you said, add in the second. Oh, so pour it on the stone and then splash in the sink. Yeah. No, pour on the second and put the stone on the, on the hot water. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, be careful. This this is the top one. Make sure that your sink's not a benyoyman. <laughs> You have to make sure. <laughs> and that's a problem because you walk into the airport in the morning and I'm going to go wash my hands with, with, with hot, obviously. No, that's what I'm saying. What? It's not common that your sink is. Usually it's not that hot. You've got to be very careful. We, most people just cover the sink and say, you want to go, go to the bathroom, wash your hands over there. Why, Don't wash them. Why for all these other kalim do we not use it? Like for every other kashim we said here, you then use it. But here we're saying eminence. Why we save that for Pesach? You don't say you, you capture your pot and now add an insert also. Because it's Pesach. I'm saying why that? Why did you? Why did we put that? Because Pesach is it's, it's, it's kosher. Everything else could be bought the Bashishim. Here's about Pesach. It's also Bashishim. Why, why, why did only this one kelly 
are we adding the insert? Is it, what, what else could you do? What else? You could tell everyone about how to pots and pans. No, but I'm, I'm putting it into the clear. I'm putting it mamish into a boiling pot. Here I'm not. I'm pouring water onto it. It's not as good as mamish on the fire. It's not a It's not the same. I just can't put my sink in the fire into the pot. That's why. That's a good if question. You wouldn't do inserts. I probably would. Yeah, for sure, wouldn't have to. So if you fill your sink with water and you put an immersion coil in it, that would work. <laughs> and you boil the water in the sink. Yeah. What's the immersion coil into what? Heat up the water so it's boiling in your sink. Yeah. The whole sink boiling. So, so yeah, for sure. They, they do that in commercial, commercial hotels. That's what they do. Really? Yeah. So they do. And I, they probably don't use the sink in certain things. They have these immersion coils. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. They have these big, these big, the big coils and boils it up against like it's like it's on a television. They do that. They do that in hotels with pesa. They don't use, they don't use sink inserts in hotels with pesa. You're right. That works. No, what about like the bathroom sink? Brush your teeth, wash your face in the bathroom sink. No hot water. There. You never use it with any hot water. Kabbalah kapalta. There's no problem with chametz with hot. That became common state. Just don't do your face on cooking in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you brush the teeth, the cooking comes out. Okay. All right. I said before, before I were actually mentioned about uh, uh, glassware. All right. So the, according, according to the Shulchan Aruch, holds that glassware cannot absorb. There's no problem with glassware because it doesn't go into the chametz, face up, milchiks and pleishes, and that's what's found in Dubai, I believe. But the, the Ramah and Ashmanic Ashna is not to do that. That we don't, uh, we, we say that glassware is considered like klicheres, like a regular vessel. And therefore, if it's used for hot, we don't pressure, we don't use glassware for Pesach. That's used for Chalmers. That's Menig Ashna. The Ramah says we don't do that. He does say the Machmer for Pesach. But the whole year round, he says you can be made for that. In case you, you go somewhere. It, it doesn't matter if it's milk or suppletions. He does say, we don't use it as a we don't use it as well. So that's, a, that's a good charge. So we don't. Can this, uh, swear. All year, round, for all year round, you could do that. But for Pesach itself, we don't kosher the last that we use for hot. If you the use it. Is hard for They do for Pesach. I think they do. They use the chamas to kill gold glasses for Pesach as well. But. That's if it's hot. <coughs> if you use the glass for cold, and cook, you know just for cold, nothing hot before, then you have meal of the ear, you just put the glass into a tub for 24 hours, change the water, 24 hours, change the water, again, 72 hours altogether. That's if it's only used for cold. For hot, we don't kasha. It's called meal of the ear, fill and empty, fill and empty for, the, for three days, 20, change the water every 24 hours. Then if you want to use the glass, you use the chum, it's the pesach as well, there's no problem, that, 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 no question takes care of that. The thing is, we have nowadays, actually, wait, all glass is more like Pyrex, not really glass. That's a problem. True glass is very yeah. fragile. We don't have real true glass much anymore. Right. Usually it's always Pyrex, so you're a little, little more sturdy than glass. I'm not sure. I broke a glass this afternoon. Not the whole kitchen. I spent a half hour cleaning the kitchen floor today. Broken glass. Wasn't Pyrex. Anyways, love that. There's some of that like that. Okay, we don't capture that though. No. All right then. Um, now get to the oven itself. Why, why, why would you capture in glass though? If it was only used with cold, why would you need to this gimel gimel yamim thing? Well, it's not nice and time. What's the what's the why we why we why we doing that? Why are we doing it's cold. Um, I mean, it's not a chametz day for Haley. It was not nice and time. 
In case something was there for a long period of time, so it's come with and was close in there. In case you left something in there for a long time, so the Chomets were machma for a kol shul, any mouse, so they want to share that there's nothing there, that maybe it could have been stuck in there. What? Unless it's like something that's like... No, anything. If I have a, I have a, bowl, a, a carton of milk and it's leaking, so I put a bowl in there, a glass bowl, to have the milk and it stays there for 24 hours. And milk would have the dinner covered? Yeah. It's, like it's, it's cooked in, it's a it's commercial in there. In the fridge? What? The original in the fridge? Yeah. In glass? Yeah, I guess I do. I'm just saying, theoretically, what can happen, you've got to be careful in case it was there for 24 hours with something. Common stick, this way to free yourself from that problem. The oven itself. Or if you go to the washing up, you just leave it by the sink. That's right. Um, so, uh, if you have a self-cleaning oven, so then that comes up to 900 degrees. That's Liban Gomor. So therefore, that's not a problem. You can make sure before you do that, clean it really properly. Make sure that the knobs that you take off, if you have any knobs, and clean them really well. Cover them with foil as well, the knobs. You bring it up to a full clean, a full clean cycle for self-cleaning, and then you're okay. You can also put inside the oven, you can put in the grates, Grace that came into direct contact, which also needed even go more. If it came into direct contact with the food itself, as it cooked, therefore make sure that the grates are in there as well. You can even take the grates from the stove top as well and put them in the self-cleaning oven and cash them inside that as well. Put them inside and they're 900 degrees. Unfortunately, because of science, there's a new kind of a self-cleaning oven called the Aqualift. Anybody have that? Good, because it's a problem. So that only gets up to 250 degrees. It's more of a steaming. Than what? It's steaming. So, so that's a problem. I've seen that. So that's a problem. A real if you don't have a self-cleaning oven, well, then either you get a Pesach oven, or you can be, there, there, there's enough people that can be saying, I spoke to Rabbi Weinfeld from the OK. He says you can use it, you could put it up to 500 degrees, and even up to two hours, and that is good enough also to use the oven again. But I still, with the grates, I would have to go ahead and do a Liban on that moment to put a tor- torsion there for the grates that you want to capture. 500 or the max level go to? He said 500. Or, I asked okay. him. Yeah. What? Yeah. Sorry? And then use an insert. Yeah, yeah, good point. And then f- cover your oven inside with, a, with aluminum foil or get an oven inserts. What? If you don't have a self-cleaning. Oh, you also have to clean it first. Yeah. No, the, if, you, if you don't have self-cleaning oven, you turn it on the back, you have to clean it very well first. Yeah, of course. Even self-cleaning have to clean it first as well. Yeah, you should, yeah, just make sure there's nothing bad. Yeah. yeah, but that's an important point. Yeah. Then you can put a aluminum foil around it, or an oven insert, and then after two hours at such a degree, it's okay. And then it's also best not to make sure that that oven then, if it's only 500 degrees, is not a binyoyme. That's nice with tampagam also. The self-cleaning doesn't matter. It's not a binyamin, but on this degree, you have to make sure that it's not used for 24 hours before you go through the process on a regular cleaning oven. What if you have an electric range? A stovetop, but electric range, not, not like burners with flames. Okay, so that, that you have to keep them on? Was it a glass top? No, no, yeah, not all glass tops. Glass top is a problem. A glass top, what? Cubs is a big problem. Because you can kasha right where the, where, the, where the oven, where the heat coils are, right on top of that part of the glass, it's kasha. But the parts next to it, how do you kasha? You can't pour any hot water on from How did it become a problem? Because these splattered from the pot onto that thing. So let's see, you want to pour hot water on top of it? That might crack it. So you have to cover, do, do as much as you can to clean and cover it and, and make sure that over Pesach, you don't. 
put anything that's Pesodic on top of that part of the oven. But the part's right on top of the actual... Yeah, it's so you have to have some kind of a tripod. It's a problem. Okay. Glass ovens are a problem. It's glass. Yes. We said you can't counter glass. Why would the, why would the coils touching the glass be countering it? So we said just now that glass, yes. glass wouldn't be countered. So you're saying now that the part over the, the glass over the coils would be countered. That, 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 that would be okay there. I'm not sure if this is true or not. Remember, we had some sort of ceramic, which would make even bigger for problem. It's a bigger problem because then it's It's more cheres than it is glass. What the glass? Glass oven. I could be wrong, but that's that's what I heard. I don't know. You'd have to speak to the experts. You need real the people that really know the it's a problem. You I, saw something. You saw that it said that something. I saw that it said that you could do that in this cut in, in the cupboard. I did see that. I never seen it done. I never done anybody what did that. But I read that that people do that with the glass top of it. I did see that. But it is a problem. Um, if you have a, a, a spit, spit or a grill, which mounts the food directly on top of it, then you have to mount the leaving gomer on it. You have to make sure it gets cool. It gets leaving gomer means red hot maybe by blowtorch. Because the food, the way that it absorbed, that's how you get it out. Directly on the fire, you have to get up and buy a pair of torch as well. Countertops, so what you have to do is depends. If it's for mica, for mica it can't be kosher. You can't kosher for that, so you have to not cover it well. Whatever, whenever you're covering the countertop, make sure that the countertop uh, that is covered with something, that in case you're going to put something hot on top of it, on top of it that the heat will not actually reach the countertop become a problem. The counter itself, the countertop itself. And therefore, you have to have some kind of cardboard, thick plastic, heavy-duty aluminum foil, to make sure that if you put any pot over Pesach on top of that counter, it's not touching the counter itself. It can't be kosher. That's what can't be kosher. For Mike, it can't be kosher. Quartz. Quartz. Some people said that a lot of, it's a new thing, basically, newish. And some quartz have a composite. And that's a problem. Because it's a composite is, it has some kind of a, uh, a cement in there, and that cement is clear is is earthenware. You can't kosher that. That's a problem. Or something even granite. Not not all granites are made equally, <laughs> created equally. They that they might not be a pure granite. So you have to be careful. If that's so, that you really can't kosher it. You have to pour the hot water over it. You don't need a, you don't need to have a little in there, uh, but you do have to pour the hot water on top of it and then cover it in case it's not properly kosherable. Uh, um, is it, is it iron thing? Metal could be kosher, marble could be kosher. What? You don't have to. It's the whole problem with it because it's the countertop, and all things that may be spilled on top of it, you don't need the iron. You don't need the wood. You don't need the stones. Just because just, just, the way it came in. Things splattered from the pot onto the counter, and just pour hot water onto the pot. Don't need the don't need that volumen. It's not the sink. Sink is different. Don't need that volumen or the, or the iron for a countertop. Just casual like that. Why do you? Why do you? Yeah. If you're going to cover your counter with a thick plastic, why about the cashmere, right? Do you have to cashmere at all? You're just going to cover it. You're not going to put anything on top of that counter. We do. We do. We do. Bad mamas, since nothing's going to touch it as well, you really. Uh, from the strict halacha, you need to make it easy for yourselves. You don't have to. Uh, is, we, we, do, we do. Where, we, where do we learn out that we do that? That's because we do that. <laughs> 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 That's what we do. Okay.
So we cash in. Sorry? It's not a safe amount. I don't think so. I'm scrubbing, but I'm pouring it on the can, on the Yatsuki. Yes. Towels all over it. It's wood everywhere. So we do that. All right? Um, I think anything else. I think I cover that. Okay, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to free the Hamad from the Kalim. And it's not just about the Kalim, it's about us as well. Come Chaga Pesach. Anybody have any other questions? Please feel free to talk to me later, give me a call later, and talk later privately. But this isn't just about the kelim of freeing the chametz. It's about ourselves going through a process of change as well, freeing ourselves from the chametz as well. Chametz is gaiva, yeshes, and so forth. So the Rebbe has a beautiful sicha where he talks about the names of the holiday really express what the expectation of what the yomtiv is supposed to look like by the time the yomtiv is over. The chachilah pesach was called in the Torah chakamatzis. Torah called chakamatzis. Later in davening we call it zmanchev esenu, festival of our freedom. We later resolve and we call it Pesach. And the Rebbe said that these three Lashonas and in that particular sequence of order are very indicative of the process of what's supposed to happen over Pesach. What happened over Pesach is then, and every year we go through the Pesach process, is we're supposed to become a new person, not the same person we were before. Cheskel the Navi calls Pesach the birth of the Jewish people, Yim Hodei Selchah, the birth, becoming a new Chiddush, a new reality, a new identity. As was for the Jewish people at that time. They came out of Mitzrayim, and then seven weeks later, because they got the Torah, they became a nation defined by Torah. Defined, their very being, their personality, their, their, their essentiality was Torah. They had to free themselves from everything that was not that seven weeks to get there. The whole purpose of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim was Beitziyach HaSalam, Tavitzel Kim Alahorazet, to get to Harsina and become a new person. You had to purge ourselves, so to speak, through the Kor HaBarzal of Mitzrayim, the Kilim of Mitzrayim, free ourselves, and there was a process of how that happened. And the Rebbe gives an emotional of a student a Talmud by a Rav, a Talmud by a Rebbe. A student who's learning by his Rebbe, he doesn't have the information that his, his teacher has, and how does he become a person at the end of the day will be who'll be just like his Rebbe. How does he get there? He starts by walking into the class, and the first day of the class of being there, he's got to have a sense of complete decorum, discipline, bittle, before his Rebbe. If he doesn't have that sense of dedication, devotion to his Rebbe, he's going to be distracted by the things in life and never get to where he'll never get the information, He'll never learn and become what he wants, who he should and can become. The first stage has to be bittal. But then as he goes through that process, now he's in the classroom and he has that sense of dedication to the Rav, now he has to try to understand, try to understand, to engage his mind, make sure he's fully getting it to the point that his mind is consistent with that which is being taught to him and he gets it. And that's kind of part of reality as well. And then, after a certain point of doing that, the person all of a sudden finds himself eventually by doing this more and more he becomes a He can think the way his rabbi thinks. He has the same mindset, the frame of mind that there's to be like, a, like that, that reality. So those are the three stages of study. A proper classroom decorum has to represent that beautiful engagement and ultimately becoming that transformed person to a student to become a rabbi himself. And that's what Pesach is about. The first stage was matis, the bittel, chaga matis, bittel. We're changing our identity. Whatever was before was before. I'm no longer defined by what that was before. And not just that Pesach, but every Pesach. That's the name of the Torah, Matzis, Matzis Bittol, as opposed to Chametz. Then it's called Zman Cheirusenu. The Cheirusenu means we got the Torah. And now we're a Ben Chayim, because we're learning Torah. I'm understanding Torah. I'm using my mind. I'm engaging my mind. I'm not destroying my mind. In the sense of the Kormen Bittol, before Kodesh Baruch Hu, to become defined by Kodesh Baruch Hu, I'm engaging wisdom of Hashem in my mind. 
to the point that I become intimate, one with the Kaddish Baruch Hu and Chachma, to the point that ultimately it becomes Pesach. You all of a sudden you find yourself you passed over any level, Diluk. You skipped over any level of definition of the priors. Now you're so personal, like Imam Shmuel with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So the names of the holiday represent the process of what's supposed to happen every Pesach. Matzah, Cheirus, and ultimately you come to the Madrega of Pesach. You find yourself at the end of this process, wow, how did I get here? You skipped over, you're dealing into such a new reality. But the main thing is, the Rebbe says in the Sikha, stage number two, yeah, you're bittal to get to that point of trying to hear what the Rebbe has to say, but then I have to understand the Havana Basaga, not to break myself. That's what bittal means. Bittal means I'm freeing myself of the, of the chametz and yesterday, I'm purging that so I can become the new person. That's liberating. That's Cheiruseinu. He said in the Sikha, the Ma'as with the Alter Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek was once told that the Alter Rebbe had a, 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 was given a gift of a, a tabak, a tobacco case, and someone said at the table that the Alter Rebbe didn't want to use something that's so elaborate and extravagant for the one Aver in his body. He has no tithe. No. <laughs> use it for a summing box to smell it. No, but to give it the, the, the joy of such an aroma, did, didn't want to have to do that. So the guy at the table said the Alter Rebbe broke off the top and used it for look on the film and show, make sure the show Rosh is a mirror to see that's probably sitting on top of his head. And someone said, like I said, the Alter Rebbe doesn't have to break. He didn't break it off. He probably took out the screw, he could take it out and you'd be able to see it. it didn't, because it wasn't about breaking. So they never said in the Sikha. Matzah and Bit was not about breaking. It's about redefining ourselves in a most glorious, charistic way. Chakashi v'sameach. Okay, Brahma Khan is